Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about TV sports football. Dun 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 dun! Not actually featured in TV sports football. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it's not ABC Monday Night Football, as I mistakenly said last week. Whoops, I was thinking boxing. We're off to a great start. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we start, though, uh, we do we did get a lot of feedback on Lionheart. People, Beauty. People seem to enjoy that that game and that episode. Um, Dreamcatcher on the English Amiga board. Yo, yo. Uh, he said, excellent review of an underwhelming game. I really enjoyed this one. As you mentioned in the podcast, Thalion emerged from the demo scene, and unfortunately this release demonstrates the strengths and weaknesses you might expect given their origins. While the artwork and special effects are enchanting, the gameplay falls flat. And he made a great point wow. that uh, that I uh, that after he said it, I thought, boy, that's, that's really true. He says... Uh, Lionheart desperately wants to be Rostin or Rastin, however you say it. And I thought, boy, you know, that does that seem accurate to you? You know, I like Raston. Uh, I, I play the arcade game uh, quite a bit. I saw people had drawn, uh, said there were similarities between the two. You know, I'll tell you one thing, Rastin has better music. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it fell flat. I know we just sort of disagreed on that. And Dreamcatch, I don't doesn't agree with me on that. I, I I thought it was a pretty good solid effort, and I mean I go back to the level design; it was really good. So it's not like these guys were just goose that staggered in and put something together. I thought they put a lot of thought into it. It I, the but again, difficulty was a problem, uh, and there were a few niches here and there. Mm-hmm. But Raston, yeah, I mean there are definitely similarities. Raston had a better weapon. <laughs> it better reach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if they tweaked the actual main character a little bit, it could have been something along those lines. Well, what he says is, he said, what I'd love to see is a mashup of the two. Take Ross, Raston, is that how you say it? Raston's Who knows? You know, it's like Galaga, right? Yeah. And control system, throw them in a bubbling cauldron, stir in Lionheart's mesmerizing graphics and atmosphere, leave to simmer, and then serve piping hot with a side serving of Thundercats folklore. That, he's right. If you could get... The Rastan uh, 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 mechanics of fighting, you know, using the weapon. Lionheart's, like I said last week, his weapon was just too small. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Sean Courtney, over from the Pie Factory podcast, uh, wrote in on our Facebook page. And uh, he said, uh, regarding the uh, hardware talk that we had last week, he said that he believes the original name for the Amiga was the High Toro. High Toro, I saw that and it, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. And uh, he said there's no clue what that means because the Spanish word for bull only has one R, and this Toro has two R's. So Very clever. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and he says that uh, his first Amiga was the 600, which shipped with OS 2.05, and that was the one that was after they already dumped the Guru Meditation uh, mm. error. Uh, and uh, he said that uh, 
they did bring it back when Amiga OS 4 came out, yeah. which I guess was just a couple of years That's ago. That's great. So <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Uh, what else do you have this week? We got any other news? Just a few uh, little items. Uh, just I just saw something pop up today uh, on the uh, in, uh, retronews.com Good site. Uh, someone has released a new Amiga CD32 Bubble Bobble Trilogy. Ooh. Uh, now, again... Uh, this thing was just good to go. Just go go to this site, download it, and you burn it. Uh, I haven't tried it. I saw some of the screenshots. If you're, I think the uh, games in it are Bubble Bobble, uh, Rainbow Islands, and Rainbow Islands Two. Uh, I never got into any of those games. I know you you play Bubble Bobble. I like Bobble Bobble. Bobble. I, right. Did you ever play Rainbow Islands One no. or Two? Uh, uh, I haven't even tried them on Amiga. I heard they're good ports. I've never played them, but uh, hey, CD32 stuff always a goodie. So uh, we'll we'll link it up, but uh, you can try it again. I haven't tried it on my CD32 yet, but I probably will. Uh, hey, what the heck? It's kind of fun. <clears throat> this is the same place I got the news last week on Karatika. So I'm starting. I really like this site, and they've got a lot of other uh, indie games that are being released for other systems. I saw something come up for the Atari 8-bit uh, this week as well. So. Probably a neat site to check out. Mm-hmm. Anyone showing Amiga stuff, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, on the sixth, which was a couple of days ago, uh, the the magazine Obligement uh, announced the results of their Amiga Games Awards for oh, 2015. Yeah. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I looked over these games, and the uh, they announced the winners. I'll I'll just go down to some of the categories here. There's not that much. Uh, the the sixty eight thousand a game called Z, uh, Zero Spear One uh, on the on the uh, OS four uh, Wings Battlefield Ultimate Duel Edition, which I've heard a lot about that. Uh, on Morph OS Wings Battlefield Ultimate Ad- Duel Edition, and on Arrows Wings Battlefield Ultimate <laughs> Duel Edition. So that's one heck of a game. Uh, I've not played it, and I'm guessing you haven't played it. No. Uh, and there's uh, there's more games. They list the top three. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, we'll put the uh, we'll link it up. Uh, but uh, we're going to try some of these, like we talked about it a few weeks ago. We're going to try some of these like, kind of indie games uh, just to see what they're putting out these days. I like the idea that they're trying to harness that power. I- I'm under the impression now that a lot of the Amigas really uh, hardware wasn't fully utilized. You know, look at Lionheart. I mean, how awesome it looked and the tricks they used to make. You know, maybe those tricks are out there. People are using them now. I don't know. I haven't seen this stuff, but it might be pretty good. So I'll have to give that a shot. Um, one last quick item. I'm not going to go too far into this. I found a uh, a uh, gentleman uh, named the Mambo Man put up an article. Mambo, Mambo, Mambo Man. I said Mambo Man. Well, sort of makes me look like a jerk. Um, the, he put up an article. It's accessing Google's Cloud Drive for classic Amigas. Right? Uh, cool idea. It works if you get your Amiga networked up. And uh, I read through it. I'm actually getting ready. I've had an, an Amiga slight meltdown, I'm afraid. I was talking to Boat earlier in the show. It looks like one of my uh, flash drives has uh, developed a little issue. So I'm going to have to go to school and get back to fixing it up. But I'm, I'm getting ready to put I've got a wireless adapter for my Amiga. I'm going to try to get it hooked up to my wireless network. And I might try some of this online stuff. So I've, never really, I've never had my Amiga online before, so it'll be... Might be kind of and neat. I'm telling you, there's no end to things that you can do with uh, Google's Cloud Drive, including hosting podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what we use. So, 
But uh, this is an interesting uh, this is an interesting gimmick. And hey, having if you could get your Amiga hooked up to the cloud drive, it would be pretty cool. You know, I can think of a few possibilities. So we'll put something to show notes on that. I, I saw that come by. And I thought it was interesting, but pretty much aside from that, I didn't see much else going on this week. It's kind of a slow week. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what's new with the um, we we I know we talked about this off air last week, but I wanted to talk about it uh, on air. Um, what's new with our uh, Amiga monitor? What's new with the Malaysian <laughs> diode? Uh, not I don't have them. Uh, I don't have anything for it. I've, I've mentioned to you. I've tried to uh, procure a couple five twenties. With notes, these things just keep going for more than I'm. I, I've been burned once already. I've got this thing sitting in my house. I'm trying to work on, but I think it's I think it's dead. And uh, they, you know, it's tough to drop down 40, 50 bucks or more on one of these video outs for this Amiga. It's just it's brutal. It's just brutal. I have to do that just to use the Amiga. I just hate it so much. It's one thing about the 500. Drives me bananas. Not to mention, it's also the piece of equipment that can destroy your Amiga. Yeah, and in, and but in, in terms of the diodes. Uh, I've not heard thing one about them, so I mean, I I guess they're being shipped. You know, I get shipped, I get stuff shipped in from China all the time, and uh, you're talking. Usually, it takes a couple of weeks. I'm guessing yeah. it's gonna be, you know, but you know, it usually takes three, four weeks sometimes. So yeah. we'll see. And I, and even when I get them in, I'm not making any guarantees. I'll do the best <laughs> I can. Well, we'll definitely do. Uh, you should definitely bring everything over. Just have it explode yeah, right on the air. Right yeah. on the air. That make me look like a jerk. That'd be great. <laughs> Thanks, Boat. Um. So what's a we got a little hardware segment this week? We got no hardware segment this week. That was it. All right. Well, the, the Google Drive. We're going to continue on with the podcast, and we're going to continue on with our game, TV Sports Football. Uh, TV Sports Football was released by Cinemaware, venerable Amiga publisher, in uh, 1988, um, and it was released worldwide, which uh, is interesting to me because. American football is not a worldwide game by any stretch of the imagination. This is true. Um, I was reading on Lemon Amiga, uh, people post their reviews, and a lot of people from other countries said, I bought this game knowing nothing about American football and liking it even less. Uh, and uh, yet they were still <laughs> really? trans, you know, they were transfixed by the pictures on the, uh, the box. And, uh, and, it's just amazing to me that, uh, you know, and also at this point in the Amiga's life, maybe not too many sports games at all. So maybe that had something to do with it, too. And again, we talked about this when we did a TV Sports Basketball, and we'll probably cross over some uh, common ground there. But uh, it baffles me to this day why there was no TV Sports Soccer, which is a far more uh, global, 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 yeah, globally accepted uh, sport. But uh, um, this, this game broke a lot of new ground. Uh, when it came to football, uh, the uh, a lot of things up to that point. I was telling Boat, we you know back in the day we would play a game called Fourth and Inches, right? And uh, it was a it was a different game. It did, I mean, there was no presentation. It had no panache. TV sports football, and you can say what you will about it as a football simulator, but it's got lots of style, and and it's got a lot of uh, fun aspects of it. There's a lot of uh, uh, configurability with the team, just like in TV sports basketball. Uh, so uh, it, it broke ground in that in that way. And I can see a lot of people buying it just because of the CinemaWare name. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, because already by '88, you know, they'd already released Defender of the Crown, and they kind of had a uh, kind of had a pedigree. Right. Absolutely. 
what what can you tell us about the? Um, you have anything special? I know we've. This is about the 40th CinemaWare game that we've done. So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how those keep coming up. But this is since it was Super Bowl Sunday yesterday, we thought we'd give it a quick whirl. Uh, this game really, again, this is might not translate well to our to if you're in Europe or you're not a fan of American uh, football. But Madden actually played a special role in sort of ushering forth a new era in foot in football games and and sort of games in general. Right, uh, the uh, it was the first to have this television style uh, of of presentation. When you load TV Sports Football up, you get the stadium shot. You get the announcer in the TV studio. He tells you the line on the game. He tells you who's playing. He he. Uh, uh, you know, it looks like he's in a studio. He sends it down uh, to uh, to the field. If, you know, you get the you get the the atmosphere of being of watching a, a game on TV. And you know, before that, that just hadn't happened. There really wasn't anything doing that. I guess technically, you could say uh, that wrestling game we covered. Yeah, what was that? Micro league wrestling. Micro league. <laughs> that was that was the real trailblazer. That he was doesn't a... get the respect it deserves. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think it gets exactly as much. Respect Our numbers as on that episode show me that how much respect that game that game got. Um, one of the things that is, is interesting about this game, I, I dug into this because I kept seeing people talking. In fact, I was. It's funny. This is the second time this has happened. I was on Cinemaware's website, and they had a little blurb come up, and it said that uh, um, that uh, people that worked at Cinemaware left and and were the first ones that did the Madden football, right? Which let you learn to rock. Even if you're not a football fan, you know, probably know about John Madden football. It's been around forever. They release every year. They release one, and it's been a cash cow for EA pretty much since, since Jump the Street. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, this is interesting. I'm gonna have a look and see what the what the story is on this. Uh, did did these people there actually do it? Sure enough, I found a little. I found several little blurbs. Um, not long after the, I'm going to just read this verbatim because I found a little blurb about it. Not long after the success of TV sports football, a software engineer named Michael Knox left Cinemaware. All right, I tried to find some stuff out about this guy. He founded a company called Park Place Productions. Have you ever heard of them? No, I hadn't either. Um, they were the big deal for a little while. He founded it with his high school friend and a fellow software engineer named Troy uh, London or Lydon. Uh, the first thing they released was ABC Monday Night Football, which really? we actually talked about last week, which I stupidly suggested that these are the same games. They're not. Um, the, uh, they ended up making a deal with EA. EA paid them $100,000 to produce a faster and more arcade style game. Right? Um, to, get, to get it done, they, they got another one of their buddies uh, named jo- Jim Simmons. Jim Simmons had a credit in a CinemaWare game as well, which was it's his only credit at the time, which was uh, he, he did the audio conversion on Rocket Ranger. Wow. No one's even sure what that is. <laughs> uh, it was his only credit. Uh, these guys got together and churned out uh, the, the first, and, and, and that production crew churned out the first, the first John Madden football game. Um, and that was what year? Ninety one, ninety two. It was somewhere. It was somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, the uh, uh, that you know they were building on the success of like uh, licensed games. Now the very first Madden wasn't licensed. Uh, and if you, of course, if you look at a game like TV Sports Football or TV Sports Basketball, 
which is not licensed. Uh, licensing at that time wasn't really a league thing. It was a person thing. Well, there's two different licenses that you have to get. You can get the league license, the NFL license, or you can get the NFLPA license. Well, And some games have one, and some games have right. both, and some games have none. Well, what, EA's thoughts on it, uh, for the most part, in the early, in the 80s, the early, this is, you're talking at the birth of the way this stuff went down. They license individuals. Like, for example, Dr. J versus Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. John Elway football. You know, it'd be John Elway football would just be a bunch of goofs that look like red guys and, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I like that game in the arcade, by the way. Um, so the first Madden wasn't uh, licensed. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't have a license they at didn't, all. They didn't, they put more, they put, they, they put their money towards the name on the label versus actually having real guys or real teams. Right, correct, correct. Um, <coughs> so, uh, they eventually, and they were like, well, hey, you know, this is going to be a nightmare. And so they, and they basically talked them in this to do uh, the license the entire league, which is which is where that came from. Um, the early Maddens didn't even have every team. Uh, they had most of the teams. You know, they didn't have them all, uh, which is funny because, again, the cinema where TV sports football, you could put in pretty much every team. There were spots. I think there were like 28 spots at the mm-hmm. time, which you know, they had plenty. Licensing wasn't that big a deal on Cinemaware stuff because they you could just go in and edit it, uh, and people did. You know, obviously the, we were playing this, and all all the players were edited, and the teams were edited. So, in a way, in a small way, the uh, the presentation and the programmers and the programming power that brought TV sports basketball football to the forefront contributed to what is now. I don't even say argue. It's the number one franchise in the world in video games. So it's kind of interesting that, that all that sprang from a little Amiga game, you know, back in the day. But it did. Uh, that Park Place Productions ended up imploding effectively when they couldn't meet deadlines, and uh, they don't, you know, they don't have anything to do with it now. But they were the ones that started the show. So kind of neat, kind of a hat tip uh, from TV Sports on up the line. Uh, in terms of the game itself, getting back to the actual TV sports football, what did you think of the game? Uh, well, it's very reminiscent of the early Madden titles. You know, the, the 16-bit Madden 92 through 94, uh, 96, or even up to 96. Um, it's a uh, behind-the-quarterback perspective, you know, raised up. Um, and uh, it had a lot of the hallmarks that later games did. Uh, that a lot of games at the time didn't have. Uh, you could always select your player before the play started on the defense. Uh, you could. One thing that I thought was interesting is that you, there are two ways of starting a play. Uh, you can push back on your uh, controller to hike the ball, or you can push the button. If you push back on your controller to hike the ball, you have immediate control over your guy. If you push the button to hike the ball, uh, the computer will control your guy until you move the joystick to take control away. Um, so if you wanted to try out a play just to see if it would work or not, if you're playing against the computer and you wanted to run it once with the computer to see how it looked, you could do that fairly easily. Um, the passing is probably the weakest part of the game and something that even the early Madden titles did better. Um, 
you once your receivers leave the screen, you cannot see them anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, in in the, even the early Madden titles, they'd actually do a picture in picture with your receivers juking around the field. I think even Monday Night Football does that as well. Really? Puts a little, puts a little picture. Although really, they they were pointless. You couldn't. I, they never helped me. Well, you could at least see how what the coverage was like. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. The, I mean, you couldn't tell where he was out on the field or right. anything, you know. But yeah, um, anything would have helped. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the passing in an effort, I think, to make it more uh, sim-like, uh, it really just made it more difficult in this game to pass. You hold down the joystick button uh, for a specifically uh, length of time, and as as you hold it down, there's an X that appears on the field that's lined up with your quarterback in the direction that you've chosen to throw the ball. And the longer you hold down X that or the button, that X will travel across the field until it leaves the screen, you know, traveling in a straight line. When you release the button, it will pass as far as that X is. And it gives you a little bit of play. You know, your receivers will be smart enough to run up on the ball if they see that it's going to be short. Um, so it's not, it's not the worst that it could be. But it's easy to see why this particular form of passing was not carried on by the by later football games. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with everything you said. The uh, the passing is the, there's a I, the running. I, there's a lot of weak points. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not going to pony punches here. I, I, and the thing is, I don't hate this game, but it was I don't think it was fully fleshed out. I mean, the, the, the color scheme is, is wonky. A lot of times you'll play a team that looks very similar to yours, and so it gets very confusing. When you flash, uh, when, and if you watch our live stream, Aaron and I were playing, you know, obviously two different teams. And when, Aaron, when you have the ball or the, the player that you're controlling will flash, and when you flash, you flash to a different color. Whenever he would flash, he would flash to the exact colors that my team was. And so many times he would be running for the end zone, and I would have thought that I would have tack- I was tackling the wrong guy because he looked like one of my guys. <laughs> yeah, but that so, is completely why I lost the game. It has nothing to do with the fact that Aaron's much better. And than you're I. also the king of the blind pass. That's <laughs> boats boats X would sail off into infinity as the as the pass went sailing. He was he punted for passes, but I mean, uh, the good stuff about the game. All right, the graphics are nice. Graphics are, are the, really, really good. The music is fitting. The uh, sound effects are fine. The I like the little flourishes. The 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 opening, the opening you know video, the halftime show, which the Amiga uh, version is the only one that had the uh, halftime show. It's the only one that had the cheerleaders. It's the only one that had the shots of the coach getting mad. Uh, the other ones were trimmed down. They didn't have that. So the Amiga got the best of that. What uh, was this ported to? Uh, STC64, uh, uh, and I think there may have been a PC version as well. Um, the uh, but none of them had well, the Amiga version was the you know, end all be all version. But uh, the uh, uh, you know that stuff is cool to have to have the uh, to have the extra touches. The Cinemaware stuff. I mean, Cinemaware in this game did what they did best. The, where it fell short was just the overall game, the football game. Right. The extra points and field goals are awesome. The the viewpoint is spectacular. Yes. I mean, it, it's 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 breathtaking. The, the how gorgeous it looks. Yes. Um, the they it's, I think they used every color in the palette when they did those. You know, you're you're situated like if you can imagine sitting down about <laughs> ten yards behind the kicker. And just looking up and seeing the you know the kicker line up to kick and the field in the the goalposts and everything, 
it's the crowd and everything. Yeah, it, it really, really looks good. Well, you know the uh, uh, that was always on the bo- on the box. Now mm-hmm. I used to see that shot that shot on all, on, the, on the magazines. You'd always see it. Um, the Amiga version, like I said, it had all the best stuff. The uh, the I looked into what the, some of the other versions had. C sixty four version. Uh, of course, it missed all the halftime stuff and all the cutaways. Uh, it also missed something which we haven't talked about yet, which was the teammate play. Oh which yeah. you could be on the same team and play, which was that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I don't use it that much, but me and my brother would occasionally play on the same team. It was fun. Also, it gave us a break from fighting about how much we hated each other when we were <laughs> playing in it separately. So that was always nice. Um, C64 version didn't have fumbles, so you you could have used that boat. Oh yeah. Uh, it did not have digitized voices. You know, so of course it's a C64. Uh, one thing that the Amiga version has is incompatibility with. Uh, uh, kicking up over 2.0 so you were pretty much good to go up to 1.3 and then you had problems i actually owned this game i was telling boats and since i had my amiga problems i was just going to play it off disc well i couldn't play off disc because i couldn't find my reload kick to dumb my computer down to 1.3 to play it so but uh you know it's it was an older game so that's to be that's to be expected one thing i read i thought was kind of neat uh cinemaware sponsored a contest uh, that players of this game could win a trip to Super Bowl uh, 25. 25. I remember Super Bowl 25, and let me tell you why. <clears throat> All right. I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And we did a, um, a gift exchanging class. And um, the uh, the thing that I got was a Super Bowl 25 commemorative pin. I'm going to see if I've got it down here. Keep talking. <laughs> As Boot looks on. Um I looked over how this thing did uh, in terms of its uh, um, how it was received and reviewed. Uh, it, it actually reviewed really well. Uh, it was getting you know 80s to 90s. Some places give it very high scores. Amiga Power said it was uh, number 86 in the to- all-time top 100 Amiga games. Uh, Computer Gaming World listed it at 112 and 150 best games of all time. That's pretty nice. It was number eight in the most innovative computer games. Uh, so, uh, Power Play Magazine gave it best sports game in 1989. Uh, ST format included it in the top 50 games of the year. You know, I wonder if it was the first football game that actually had an isometric kind of top-down perspective, like the Madden perspective. <laughs> well, that we theoretically, uh, the original Atari 2600 football had. <laughs> well, what I mean is a 3D perspective. You know. Yeah. Uh, it definitely... Uh, oh, there's the tin. Yeah, so I, I brought Fancy. the tin over. Um, inside the tin, we have some foreign some money, foreign coins. Did that come with it? They did not come I with it. I didn't think so. But on the, on the bottom, Team NFL presents Super Bowl 25 assorted chocolates. Oh, how were they? Well, in, when I was in fifth grade, any kind of chocolate I could get was a good chocolate. That's, a, that's still like that with all day. <laughs> that's nice. And you yeah. kept it all this time. I kept it all this time. It's got well, it's cool because on the on the on the top, and I'll post this on the blog. Um, you've got a kind of football paraphernalia all over the place, and then but rimming the sides, you've got all of the tickets and all the every, all the matchups. Yeah, all the matchups. Who played and the in twenty five vote? Uh, twenty five. Uh, I don't think that it had been decided yet. Oh well, that was. Yeah, I shot that in the bud. Didn't Sorry, because <laughs> this was uh, 49ers and Broncos. I think was Super Bowl 28 or 20, 24. Yeah, Super Bowl 25. That would have been 1990. 
Was that the no, it was the Bengals versus the uh, Redskins, wasn't was it? Was it? I think so. It didn't go too good for the local team on that one. I uh, know, no. It was the goal line standoff and just Yeah, yeah. The Bengals are great at grasping uh defeat <laughs> from the jaws of victory. Yes, they are. Um I had a look as I always do. Uh, I checked this out on eBay and guess what? It is readily available. This is one that you won't have any trouble finding. In fact, I watched a bid and I almost bid on it. It went uh, it went 10 bucks American. <laughs> I came in ace. Of course, then I realized that I already owned it, so it would be quite the fool. <laughs> but uh, this is out there, plentiful, uh, full box. Uh, I've seen two different boxes. One of them is really nice. It has the red, white, and blue kind of background on the football guy, so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, speaking of the John, another thing with the John Madden connection, there's a guy named Don Badden. He's a halftime reporter that's uh, sulks around backstage. He looks just like John Madden, so <laughs> they were they were very cute there. Again, going with the uh, theme of just ripping off real newscasters, real sportscasters. Um, but you know, overall, it's it's a nice piece of history. It was it's one of those games that didn't age well. Just I mean, it was innovative as hell. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, even when I played it back in the day, just the play, the gameplay for me wasn't there. And I graduated on to, uh, you know, the Madden series. Yeah. I mean, say what you want about it, but it's a very refined series. It got a little too complex for me. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you something else that really hurts this game is that whenever you're playing a sports game, especially when you're playing by yourself and things aren't going well, sometimes you just want to start again. You want to start over. There's no way to start this game other other than resetting the Amiga. <laughs> Even when you're in practice mode, it says in the instructions, if you'd like to play a game, just restart your Amiga. Yeah. And uh, easy for them to say. In the in, in <laughs> you know in this world where we want our action instant, those those load times are, are a little painful at the beginning. And I mean back then, I'm sure it wasn't as big of a deal. But uh, you know these days, even just when we were starting out, we had some controller issues as we often do, and just waiting for that <laughs> game to load just took forever. Yeah. Well, the uh, it was on two discs. Mm-hmm. It's funny, my two discs. I looked at them and real closely faded. Underneath of them was the Simbad disc covers. So really? I, don't know, I don't know if these discs had been Simbad covers that got reused or who knows. Was that another Cinemaware game? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so uh, I don't know if that maybe I don't know I don't know what the story is. I just I noticed that when I was looking at them yesterday, I was like, that's weird. You can see the Simbad logo on hmm. there. So I don't know if it bled through. Who knows? But uh, uh, yeah, two discs. It could have been worse. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's. They, they, you could see a lot of improvements they made with TV Sports Basketball, which is far and away the superior title of those two because you could change the length of the quarters. You could change, uh, you could change the, uh, uh, the, uh, the way the heads-up worked. You could, you could do a bunch of stuff here that, that made sense. You, know, there, you could do a bunch of player moves and stuff. stuff that, I mean, granted, some of that stuff specific to basketball, but you know, it's, it'd be nice to have better do audibles and stuff, and you couldn't do it. Of course, now granted, we're this was uh, an early title, but uh, they really learned they they learned their lessons and and did a better job when they put the next one out, which yeah. is all you can ask. You yeah. know. Well, so, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. It's it was a trend, you know, it was a, a game that had a lot of innovation, but just you know, everything else just passed it by, and there's no endearing qualities that make it endearing enough to want to go back to. Um, oh, there, I, you know, I just I did remember one thing. Uh, this was one of the games that got released for the, uh, help me out here, Boat, the uh, the thing that had a little, I've got one, the, the console that had bonk. Help me out, Turbo oh, Graphics. Graphics. Duh, brain spasm. 
this is one of the titles that got released for uh, the Turbo Graphics. Now, uh, TV Sports Basketball was not a good conversion. This, on the other hand, from what I've read, I don't have this for mine, but apparently you can play four players oh, on, on with that. the Turbo Tap. Yeah, so that's kind of neat. And obviously, that's another system that was ported to was that one. That was that weird era where yeah, well, there Cinemaware was a, got Cinemaware. purchased partially by Turbo Graphics, yeah. and they got kind of weird, mm-hmm. and they put out some of their stuff. So that's another place it'll turn up. That one was released several years later, obviously. Mm-hmm. So something to check out if you're into console stuff. Yeah. To uh, give it a whirl, I'm actually it's on my list, but I don't have it yet. So. Well, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors. We got a new sponsor this week, Will Williams. Thank, thank you, you, Will. Uh, and uh, Daniel Bingston, of course. Thank you. Uh, and O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Brent Dowdy and Chad Halstead. We Thank you, you one and all. We love you all. Uh, we like really to, appreciate it. <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor our podcast, you can check us out on patreon.com slash amigos podcast. Next week, Aaron, we are going to do mm-hmm. a request by O'Brien's Retro and Vintage right. himself. Uh, we're going to play a game called Moonstone, A Hard Day's Night. All right. I, I, I've never played that, but I uh, did, a, did a little looking, and it seems like an intriguing title. Yeah, so look forward to that next week. Uh, as you may have noticed, our show is being released on uh, Monday night, East Coast time here in the United States. Uh, we are moving our recording to uh, Mondays, so uh, if you're looking to... Uh, you know, if you always want to get us as soon as it comes out, make sure you refresh your uh, podcatcher or whatever on Mondays because that's when we'll be coming to you. Yeah, my fault. I had to see my kid do his uh, karate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's been a great episode. We'll do it again next week. Until then, adios. adios.